You are now listening to the Shoe Money Show. <laughs> because my name's Shoe Money. Shoe Money. My name's Shoe Money. Take a walk in my shoes. I'm rich. My name's Shoe Money. Shoe Money. My name's Shoe Money. Take a walk in my shoes. Nobody ever thought that I would do the things I do. But now I'm rich. I'll show you how to get rich too. You want to get the things that I got and do what I do. Because my name's Shoe Money. Take a walk in my shoes. Today is Tuesday, July 28th, 2015. I'm your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, known as Shoe Money from ShoeMoney.com and various other mediums around the internet. Uh, with me today is one of my good friends, local hero, <laughs> Mr. Paul Jared, founder, CEO, man of Boo Box. And I met Paul in, was it 2012? Yeah, that was a bit. Yeah, and I was downtown at our office, and I just happened to be walking by, and and there was there's this little shell of an office on the way to mine, <laughs> my giant compound, and there was this little shell, like what I thought was a closet, yep. and Paul and his wife and like five other people. It looked like like you know when they raid those Asian massage parlors in San Francisco, and there's like all these <laughs> Asian women like. Up, you know that they're doing slave uh, labor. That was you guys starting. That, and, that's how we got our seed money, man. Oh man, and, <laughs> and yeah, but you guys raised money, and you you do uh, anyway. That's how I met you, and I didn't yeah. know what you did at first, but I was like, what What's going on in there? So, welcome to the show. Um, Thanks, I'm, man. I'm not only like happy to have you on here. I'm like so proud of you and your wife, uh, and I say it all the time. But no, I am your local. And I think I want to say you're the first local Lincoln, Nebraska business owner that we've had on, unless I'm wrong, Brasco, on, and we're going on 100 shows. I know I've had Party on here Damn. once before, but it was mostly just us bullshit. So, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about Blue Box and, well, actually, just your, your background and how you got here. Dude, first of all, like, thank you so much for having me on the show. This is awesome. And my mind just melted when that uh, so I listened to your podcast, and when I heard that theme music come on, my heart rate elevated, and I'm and I got super nervous. But I am super excited, and I'm honored to be on the show. So thank you, man. Yeah, nope. This is awesome. Yeah. So we, uh, so my wife and I co-founded uh, Bulu Box. Uh, we started just about three years ago. Uh, we we launched the company in San Francisco, and Bulu Box is. Uh, we call it a discovery e-commerce site for vitamins, supplements, and healthy snacks. Uh, pretty simple concept. It's like a, a kind of like facing the customer. It's um, people would think it's a typical subscription box. So for ten bucks a month, customers get four to five premium vitamin, supplement, healthy snack samples. They can try stuff out. The idea is try before you buy. Um, the more information that they give us back, so they rate flavor. They rate, did they feel the product working? What did they think about the packaging? Where do they intend to purchase if they do intend to purchase it? And then we take that data up and we take a lot of uh, other kind of data points and we package that up and we sell it back to the brands that sample with us through Bulu Insights. So it's kind of on the front end, um, just a uh, you know, subscription box with the e-commerce play, customer facing. But on the back end, we're providing that data back to much larger vitamin supplement, healthy snack companies 
to make their product better and um, overall just to increase sales. So it's BuluBox.com and BuluInsights.com. That's what we're doing. We launched in San Francisco. Um, we actually, um, so I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. My wife grew up in Wahoo, Nebraska, a whopping town of about two or 3,000 people. And uh, we actually worked in New York City in advertising, and then we worked in San Francisco, and and we got kind of sucked into the startup world. Um, there was just so many job offers, and and um, you know we we learned all about the the startup world, living it in San Francisco. We lived above the epicenter coffee cafe, whatever you want to call it, and I would go down there to get coffee, and I'd just watch entrepreneurs pitching VCs, and it. And I was just really confused at what was happening. And me being kind of a good old Nebraska boy, this whole idea of venture capital and, and raising capital to launch an idea, like I, I couldn't even comprehend it. And I remember being in the Epicenter Cafe talking to an entrepreneur and I, I, I said, wait, stop a second. So it's not a loan? Like if, if the business goes under, like you actually like you don't owe anybody anything. And he's like, well, yeah, kind of, but you know, you're giving up equity. And I was like, okay, wait, like I gotta, you know, cause in my kind of simple thinking, it was take a loan out from some rich people and, you know, do your best to pay them back. And if you didn't, you know, I grew up in a trailer park and if you didn't pay somebody back, you get your trailer or your car towed away. So um, that's kind of, you know, was, was my extent of thinking, but um, I came to learn, all about investing in angel capital and seed capital. And um, one day I actually was having a conversation with a friend back home in Nebraska and he informed me of the a group called the Nebraska Angels. And they were looking to start funding companies similar to ours. And so we actually were headed to Nebraska just to visit family. And we decided to pitch this group. My wife and I had probably 80 people signed up for Blue Box. Um, no sales, no real anything. Just, I mean, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, business plan, pitch deck, et cetera. And all of a sudden we have three weeks, four weeks to pull everything together from, you know, business plan to projections. And so, you know, we, we were sleeping in, you know, probably increments of a couple hours per night. Came back to Nebraska and we decided that we were actually going to pitch in Nebraska because we were so confident we were going to totally fail the pitch, you know, like it was going to be so awful, but we would get better. And then we could come back to the Valley and pitch, you know, VCs on the West coast and they wouldn't have heard how bad that we pitched, but actually, uh, you know, we practice our asses off and went in front of a big group of, I think it's over a hundred people in Nebraska and we pitched and immediately gained some interest and then all of a sudden, um, people just started calling our cell phones and it was local Nebraska investors that wanted to hear the pitch. So we're scrambling all over town, um, you know, meeting and pitching and everything from a two minute pitch to a 20 minute pitch. And I mean, it was a crash course in what a VC was, what a hedge fund manager was, what an angel was. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think really with the help of good advisors, good friends, you know, um, we were able to uh, raise 500K. Um, and what we got actually up front was a convertible note. And that prompted us to move into the office that was buyers. And you're correct, Jeremy, when we moved there, it was terrible. There was, um, we, we actually made our first hire driving back from San Francisco to Nebraska in a U Haul. Um, it was somebody that I knew, and we called her up and, and we hired her. And we hadn't seen her office yet. 
And stupid me forgot to one ask if the bathroom or ask if the office had a bathroom, which it did not. Uh, so that shows you how much like I was thinking things through. And then um, I remember we opened up the door to the office and we had this brand new employee and there was some like dead roaches and stuff on the ground. And she kind of looked at me and it was like this moment of like, what have I got into? And then, you know, she just bucked up and was like, all right, let's do this. And, you know, we're moving in. And um, I think we we're banging on the walls and causing all kinds of havoc and, you know, disturbing the shoe money palace. And uh, you would walk by and scowl at us for about three months, I think, right? You just kind of walk Something by and scowl. Like uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, what, like what the hell are you guys doing here? <laughs> it was actually, it was really interesting because, you know, there's, there's a lot of people around the area. I just don't really, I lay low. In- it blows my mind. Like it blows my mind. So like, uh, I'll probably promote this a few times that we just started a little rinky dink inside outside podcast locally we had you on the show, which is going to air in a little bit. Um, and so many, everybody in Nebraska knows you, but you're like untouchable to them for some reason. And, and so like, I think like maybe because our office was so close to yours and we just made eye contact a thousand times, like we finally got to know each other, but like everybody knows you, but you're, they don't understand you're doing kind of national and international stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, it was funny. There was like, a, there was this, um, this gentleman, um, he was an Asian gentleman, and he was in the same, his uh, daughter was in the same brownie um, deal as my daughter's. And we we had a thing, and he's like, so what do you do? And I say, oh, you know, various things on the internet, marketing-wise. And he's like, oh, so a company comes to you, and I should do it in his accent. It's, it was actually I think funny. you should. Go for it. All yeah, right. he's like, so a company comes to you, and you make them a website. And I'm like, eh, not really. Like we do their email or, you know, like they, they want to advertise on Google. And he's like, okay, so customer come to you and you make a site for them. And I'm like, no, you know, and it, that's just where the conversation kept going. And, you know, even um, some other local stuff, we, we have been able to work with them. But most of them that like they just they want us to make them a website. Like it's, yeah. it, and I'm like, yeah. ah, we don't yeah. do that. Like, you're you're, you're, you're so much more polite than I am because I just go, yeah, we that's yep, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I just cut them off. Yeah. I just cut them off. Yep, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what we do. So yeah, it was it was great. Um, and today you've raised over four million dollars. Yes, yes. So we raised two rounds of capital, and the first one uh, was just you know seed capital just to get going and and make sure that the business model worked and we shifted and changed a lot um i think anybody that you know kind of uh, tells you they're doing the same thing that they did when they started is you know pride destined for failure or or just like really really lucky because ideas evolve things change um you know the subscription box market when we started we were like the sixth subscription box we were the first one outside of makeup we saw a ton of success in the beginning, and then all of a sudden there was hundreds and hundreds of subscription boxes. And so we layered in the e-commerce level. And then really when we started layering in, we sampled over 5 million sample packets. And so and we collected data from since day one. And really that was kind of the, the important piece of our company that all the big dogs um, at, at these multi-billion dollar companies are interested in and – that's what we ended up raising our second round of capital on. So we're using kind of that box in the the full size 
um, sales as kind of uh, fuel to to power this data science machine backend we call Bulu Insights. That's awesome. And I think one of the things I, I really love about you and your wife is that we've had conversations and, I, and I've talked to you about like everything you're doing wrong. Yeah. And, and it's actually really interesting because what I always tell people is that I, I don't want you to do what I say. You know, I like to share. Actually, I say I don't like to tell people what to do. Right. I just share my experiences and they take from whatever. And so the cool thing is, like, I don't know that you guys have done one thing I've ever said, um, <laughs> which which is actually like awesome because yeah. I always tell everyone like just listen to everyone, but don't follow anyone. Right, like, right. You have to find your own way. Yes. And it was it was simple things like you guys were doing. You pay ten dollars a month for the box and you get free shipping. And I was like, oh no, you should do. You know, you the box is free. You just pay for shipping. You know, and, yeah. and you yeah. know, just just all kinds of little email shit and whatever, whatever. And uh, you guys, you you just you kept going and you and the the fundraising stuff really impressed me a lot because I you did it and then actually inspired me to give it a whirl. <laughs> and, um, you know, of course me, I'm like, yeah, I'm shooting money. I haven't lost business in 13 years. And, or, I mean, I haven't lost money in 13 years and I've sold three companies and just give me fucking money, you know, yeah, and get yeah. out of my way. And, and, um, you had a tremendous amount of success and interest in yours. I didn't get anywhere. And then I wrote about it and I think I burnt every bridge with <laughs> local venture capital people. It'll be very interesting if I ever run into the Nebraska global people at an event or something. Yeah. Which it was, I didn't know, like when, when I did your podcast, I actually thought like, I didn't know what kind of podcast it was. I thought maybe at first it was like a local VC scene where people gather at a bar and I was like, oh shit, here we go. But honestly, I'm We so should have ambushed you. You should have. And <laughs> I do really well with that. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one guy out there on the internet who fucking gets me, and he's uh, a really great interviewer. Name his name is Andrew Warner, and I've been on his show three or four times now. And he did a podcast with me up for mine. And I got to get to Brasco, which that guy throws me off tilt like every time. He's he's yeah. such a good interviewer, and he has Mixergy, and he's had like Mark Cuban on there, and a lot of really huge names. And he's a very very good interviewer, but. He's he's caught me off till, and he's the only one ever that has. I have to What's say. his angle? What's he do to you? I would love to. I'd love to go out to dinner with you and and throw you off till. That'd be fun for me because I can't do it. You have to be very careful and choose your words very carefully when you answer his question, because when you give him an answer, he'll be in the background looking up that statistic. And say, okay, earlier I got to call you on something. You said this, but now I'm seeing this. So, uh, gotcha. you know, I mean, but then he'll throw in something like, okay, I got something off the wall. Like, you've got all these hot chicks on your blog and you got pictures with all these hot chicks. And there's one of you at a strip club holding up a naked girl and whatever. <laughs> like, you, you know, how did you get your wife on board with having an open marriage? <laughs> and I'm like, I do not have an open marriage. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. You're just dying. You're like, Oh my God, my wife is listening to this right now. Okay. So speaking of wife, so my, my co-founder is my wife and I have to, we have to wrap on this for a minute. My lovely 
wife is our, our co-founder. Um, she is the brains of the operation. We've been doing Bulu Box for three years. Our eight-year anniversary was yesterday. I hit the, the marriage lottery, but I remember we, when we didn't have that bathroom, we requested if we could use your restroom. I actually already knew who you were because actually about five years previous to us moving in near you, I had researched who you were. So I, I just knew who you were because of marketing. I was working at another company and I did my homework and came up on shoe money and I was like, holy crap, this guy's in Nebraska. So I actually knew exactly who you were. But I remember the girls requesting to use your restroom because we didn't have one. And you finally said, okay, like here, here it is. Like, you know, you'll peons go ahead and <laughs> peasants, damn peasants use my restroom, but you get like a month and that's it. And um, there was a stripper pole in your office. Yeah. And I remember my wife just coming back and her eyes were just huge. And she was like, who is this guy? And I'm like, you got to Google him. I'm like, go look him up. And she was like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Like he's right next door to us and da, 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 and like you you were like the talk of our office for like a solid 3 weeks. Like what's he up to? Like whatever. So and now you know over time over years we've gotten to know you and and hang out and go out to dinner and stuff and so it's pretty cool but that was that was funny when she came back her look on her face like he has a stripper pole in his office. Uh, your wife that's probably when she started to not like me. I don't know why you say that, man. I, I just I don't know I get I just I don't think your wife likes me I think my I'm, wife my wife to offend her my wife my wife loves you I think she's probably just scared you'll blog about her or something yeah see you always say that <laughs> all right so um, one thing is I had I think we need to go to a break here um, I get we get going and then it's like yeah it's crazy all right we're gonna take our first commercial break we'll be back in about two minutes and then I'm gonna get into some really interesting thing with uh, PJ Paul Jarrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the sound of Sherman. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. 
There's more of the Shoe Money Show on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Paul, are you there? Can you hear me okay? Yo, I'm okay. here. I made some changes uh, to... it's My Periscope is back on now, so I don't know. It like shit out there for a second. Um, yeah, so one of the things is I have an Elite Retreat conference um, that we have. Uh, we used to do them um, about once a year. We haven't done one for like two and a half years now. We've had small ones, though, in Omaha where they were around uh, Berkshire Hathaway weekend. And it was, gosh, was it a year? Yeah, it's been a year and a half or so ago. And, and I love having them there because I get to have local people participate. And because um, a lot of them don't want to, you know, go out to San Francisco to speak or whatever. So um, you were one of the ones I asked because not yeah. only because of your and you guys hadn't raised your second round or whatever. And I didn't really care about that. It was more about the culture you guys have. I love the way I mean, like you, your employees like love, live the company. And I've had, you know, we've had probably 70 speakers at the Elite Retreat events. But, like, I haven't seen so many people, like, take, like, screenshots of, like, what you were showing, <laughs> you know, the charts you had and just all the different stuff you had. But I think for I want to talk about the culture a little bit about how does a guy who, you know, was born in a trailer or whatever, all this stuff, you know, moving around all the time, get a great idea from this, but not only get investment money, but then the employees to come in and how do you compensate them and get everyone just on board? Yeah. Well, um, thank you for that. That, that, that. It's something we work incredibly hard on. Um, I firmly believe it's everything. Um, I actually went out to lunch today uh, to celebrate one of our uh, employees' anniversary, and it was me and him. And and uh, we just got to talking, and we're like, man, like the, the people at our company, at Blue Box, that understand it's about the team and it's not about them, um, they just end up succeeding so much more. And I think really what happened with, with Stephanie and I, my co-founder um, and wife, is that, you know, we, we don't – we had been – between the two of us, we had worked at about, I think, eight or nine different advertising agencies. And if anybody's worked in advertising, client services, um, or, you know, I guess freelance projects, like there's, there's certain clients um, – that can make things terrible for you. Um, I worked in New York City um, at BBDO Worldwide. I worked for Gray Worldwide in San Francisco. And um, there was a lot of companies that were really great to work for, a lot of companies that were terrible, and there was good and bad things. And we decided since, you know, really before kind of uh, right, kind of like right after our pitch, kind of during our pitch, actually, I mean, we really made a conscious effort to break down what our brand stands for, what our culture stands for, who we are. And I think all of those years being in branding and marketing and advertising, it was second nature for us to kind of break down um, culturally what we wanted to accomplish as a company, but also as a brand. And my wife is an incredible strategic thinker, and I'm a very kind of formulaic black and white thinker and we really hammered out some basic framework for kind of our brand foundation our core values as a company um, and really they embody if you really break them down it embodies both Stephanie and I our personalities and um, 
we work on them together. You know, we have we have biweekly one-on-ones with um, the people that work at Blue Box. When a question arises, we look at our core values and, you know, we say things like, well, are you being fearless? Are you using your best judgment? Um, so it's a conscious effort. And I think the best compliment that we, I mean, we've received awards for culture. We've re- received awards for branding. But I think the best compliment that I ever received was actually one of our employees said, man, like we get all of this hype about our culture and what a good place it is to work here. And like, everybody wants to know the secret and like, don't they know you just like get along? Like you just be good to each other. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like they don't understand how much time and effort we actually put into it. And, you know, truth be told, my wife and I don't have any kids or anything. So like we are constantly talking about work and we are constantly talking about, you know, how can we um, um, plan ahead and map things out? Um, and at the end of the day, you know, it's like team first and that's what matters. And you can have the best business plan, best market, best product, best everything. But if you don't have the right people pulling it off, um, you know, nothing matters. And, you know, one of our core values is actually our third core value is fire the assholes. And uh, that that's one of my favorite ones. And uh, um, it's true. And we've, you know, held true to it and it works. And um, to answer your second question about how we kind of retain people and whatever, we actually um, basic salaries for everybody, um, including, you know, my wife and I, we don't get too out of hand with our salaries. Everything goes back into the company. And then we have a 10% employee equity pool and all the employees are part of that. And we, um, our goal someday is actually to be acquired by a much bigger company. We've been approached several times. Um, we've, uh, had numbers that are approaching the number that we're interested in selling at, but ultimately it's all about breaking down, you know, what that means to our uh, fellow coworkers and teammates that if we are acquired for X amount of dollars, what that actually means for you. So I think as long as you have like a supportive, trusting, um, you know, healthy office atmosphere, um, you're paying somebody a fair wage for what they're doing and they understand the bigger picture and how valuable that equity is. Um, I think things will be fine, but also it's just, you just got to work at it. I mean, just like, you know, if you want to get in shape, you got to go to the gym every day. Um, maybe not every day, but uh, you got to watch what you eat. You got to get sleep. You got to go to the gym. So it's just, it's, it's just going to work every day and, and putting the team first and foremost before anything else. You know, one of the things you said at the elite retreat during your talk was, you know, anyone who has a issue or a problem or, or whatever you called it should also have solutions. And yes. that's something that, I always believed in, I never, it never like, um, I did and I didn't like, I didn't have a name for it. Like you did, like, you know, like I've always, I've always personally felt that way. Like whenever I point out in our company an inefficiency or a problem, I always say, Hey, I've researched this and here's like three options. Yep. I think, you know, we, we call it one problem, three solutions. And really the, the just, we, we actually break down how to, um, solve a problem. Um, so this is like literally in our employee guidebook. Um, step one is identify the problem. And usually like the, the problem is like multiple pieces. So it's like identify one specific problem. Um, we literally have Google it, like go look it up. 
go see if you can. And, you know, we don't have an IT team. And, you know, it's like if you have problems, anything from technology, hardware, software, like go Google it, figure it out. And, and you should be smart enough to at least, you know, take that step and, and to do that. Um, truth be told, I forget to do that sometimes, but that's step one. Um, step two is actually what would our competition do? What would, what would the other guy do? What would the other girl do? And we look and see what similar like-minded companies are, what other people are doing out there to get ideas. And then it's one problem, three solutions, um, and approach the, um, appropriate people. And so they literally will label out that one problem and they have to either have three solutions or the start to three solutions. And really when you break that down, Google it, what would somebody else do? Okay. What are three things that you should do? Um, 99% of the time, it boils down to me saying, okay, thanks for the three solutions. What do you think is best? And they'll say, well, I think number two is actually the best thing. And I'm like, is that your opinion? And they go, yeah. I go, all right, let's do it. Um, And also sometimes, truth be told, it's not exactly what I would do or it's not the exact process that I would do. Um, But is it accomplish what it needs to accomplish? And am I not taking on extra work myself? And then it just comes down to me trusting the other person to do that. And there's something really magical that happens when you kind of hand over the reins and let somebody solve problems like that. And, you know, that's, that's why we have literally had interns go from an intern to a C-suite position because they just excel that fast. And it's that whole mentality of, if you're, you know, uh, if, if I'm coaching a team, I'm not going to play people based on seniority. I'm going to play all-stars and put the all-stars on the field. And you can see that. We have people that have actually dropped out of school to run departments of ours, um, and they're meeting with the, the CEOs of multibillion-dollar companies because they're just that awesome at what they're doing, and we trusted them. And, you know, there's, there's certain people that I can just trust to put in, in front of anybody and they're going to represent our company um, in a great way. Yeah. And <clears throat> I know it's, it's one of those things, like even with, um, we, we adapt, like I said, like listen to everyone, don't follow anyone. And <clears throat> excuse me, there are several things from that. Like, um, you know, Anna who works for me, she has, you know, like I've, there's, there's, she handles all of our support for our shoe money network now. And um, and actually oversees the staff of that. She's a rock star. She's a rock star. She is unbelievably amazing. One of the things that we had to overcome was there was issues all the time. Like she would, you know, say, "Okay, this person has this question, blah 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 blah," and I need a way to see these things, you know, or or she wouldn't even get that far. But it was just like having her get the mindset of like, "Tell us what you need, and don't worry about like how much work it would take." Right. Tell us right. like. Hey, if I had this, I it would solve like a, a huge amount of problems. So yep. you know, it sounds simple, but you know, it's until, hard. Yeah, and I think like that's the whole thing of, of people who, um, like, one. I think definitely like you have to explore. I love, and that's one of the things I miss about EO, the entrepreneurs organization that I was in with Wilkinson and, and those guys that you know. Um, yep. Was that you? You got to go into companies and see their cultures and all of this stuff, and and that's and that's kind of the the interesting thing about like like I say like I don't I listen to everyone and I love learning about how these people do it, but then kind of taking from that and making it your own, you know, in 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 little little degrees of separation. Yeah. So I believe we need to take our second break. Um, 
Roscoe, we're we looking at a second break here. Um, so we're a little early, so we got a couple more minutes. Um, the- I was gonna, I was gonna add something. I could go all yeah, day. Yeah, go, go. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I don't think that this was a conscious effort, and I think this is probably, you know, something that I've kind of um, come to realize in the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm. How old am I? 34. Um, but I was raised in a marketing world um, and, you know, head of marketing, VP of marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And I think as a marketer, and I think a lot of times as a um, employee at a company, you're actually trained inappropriately to blame other people in other departments, right? Like they're the stupid ones. It's their fault. Or, you know, IT didn't fix it for me or tech didn't build this for me or whatever. So you're kind of in a weird way, like, and I think it's probably because of this like fear of failure or, you know, f- failure is frowned upon. Um, and so you're actually trained in a company to like point the finger everywhere else. And I think in school, you're actually taught that a little bit too. Right. Um, and I think here, what I've learned is by giving people permission to fail and, and, you know, leading by example and saying like, if, if there's a problem with something, it's most likely starting with me and kind of like if you can visualize somebody like pointing that finger, if you can kind of turn that finger around and point it at yourself and start with you first, then usually I think that's like the, the core of what we're doing and kind of the team, right? Like, like the bigger idea of what can you do for the team, not, you know, it's the team's fault or it's pointing and blaming other people. So um, I don't know what that is called. There's probably like a word for it, but I think this people that work at our company have this realization, like it's on me to fix it. It's on me to make it better. And people thrive with that responsibility. It's a good thing. And they develop. And I mean, I don't think our team has any idea the skill set that they're building until they're going to go work, you know, outside of the startup world. And they're going to go, holy shit. Like that was an incredible learning experience for me. And, and why doesn't this place work like that? So it's fun. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, for the right people, I think, or or for the, yeah, for the right people, definitely giving them um, ownership or responsibility of, you know, like that's, I had some people in the past where it was like, okay, this is, this is your task. (laughs) They had came from, you know, the, the corporate world and we do business with people every day. There's one company in particular who, Every time we talk to them, it's like sometimes they'll communicate to us like we haven't had previous conversations about the same thing, but their boss is on the phone now, too. Right, right. And it's like – and they are in just cover your ass mode. Yes. And and it's that is – and I think you're absolutely hit the nail on the head and I hadn't even thought about that, about how you know school and corporate America – like you, everyone blames each other and it's been, you know, 15 years since I've had a job for anyone other than myself. And it's so true. Like you need to keep like logs and all this shit because, you know, just, it's just the bullshit that, yeah. that comes with all that corporate environment of cover your ass. Yeah. Over. It's like, I, it's like, I don't care who, who fucked it up. Like go fix it. Like that's, that's what we're like. How fast can we fix it? Like, it's fine that it's broken. I don't, we're not going to research emails and see who left ball, the ball in whose court. Like, that doesn't matter at this point. Like, how fast can we fix it and move forward and, you know, work as a team together to solve it? Yeah. I mean, I was, when I was at Wells Fargo, I was named the, I won the IT employee of the month, like, or of the quarter for like three quarters in a row. That's and, awesome. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I could never see that, but that's awesome. I literally worked maybe an hour a day. And that was because I wrote scripts and everything, but my accuracy was, I mean, because I had programmatically figured out ways to do things that people would sit and go through reports. And uh, I mean, my shit was 100% accurate and it was done in, in, in a short amount of time. But when they canned me, you know, they had all these, you know, well, first they had complaints from my coworkers saying I'm just surfing the web and watching new porn and, you know, whatever. And... <laughs> They had like all these logs of all these things and I'm like, but I'm the best at what I do right. and they can be. I mean, they, they literally, which, you know, I technically, I mean, I, I was, they were paying me for a lot of time. I was, had no interest in, in doing that job, but you know, that's the thing. Like if I had an employee that was a thousand percent money and I could count on him for like the most accurate shit and never have to worry about it, but you know, 90% of the time he's fucking off. I don't care. Right. Yep. I agree. And that's the thing. Like in my company, my mentality, you know, I have Justin and Anna, everyone, we don't have sick days. We don't have vacation days. We have, what we have is like, you do what the fuck you want, but when there's, we have our milestones and we have like, we're going to have this thing done by this time. And that, if that means we work all night, all weekend, that's what it means. Yep. It's kind of a, it's kind of incredible when you like put together a plan and you break it down to like what everybody should be doing and they understand from you know their day to day all the way up to the bigger goal in our case being acquired like how how people like understand and buy into the plan but it that's really hard to do to break down like what people should be doing and like like good for you for like milestones and whatever because like I think a lot of companies don't even have those Oh, yeah, yeah. That's something that I adapted probably less than a year ago, actually, of of like, you know, like right now I have, you know, a massive project with the Shumani Network. And it's 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 actually like was supposed to evolve into something else a month ago. Um, but we need to take a quick break. When we get back. We'll talk more. Into, I think milestones are a very, very important um, thing. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and we'll jump into some other topics here in about two minutes. Time to cash some more checks. Shoot money. We'll be back on webmasterradio.fm. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. 
Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Show on webmasterradio.fm. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So first off, I have to address this guy who <laughs> tweeted to Paul. He's messaged me on Facebook. And if you're listening, Mr. Arthur Spooner, which is obviously not your name because it's <laughs> uh, Ben Stiller, uh, whatever that is, um, <clears throat> who is on whatever. So he asked me why. I, okay, so this guy. He, or he, uh, he hits me up on Facebook, Twitter. He was on Periscope earlier. And he says, I've, I've, why don't you, why do you ignore people? He you, is on it. He is all over, man. Yeah, he's all over the place. And this is like the, the you know, when you reach so many people, and, and this is going to make me sound like a total dick, but you reach that percentage of people that, you know, like, okay, so first of all, like my emails come from a no reply at shoemoney.com, right? Which, I mean, this this is like earth shattering news, but like, there's nobody that reads the fucking emails when you reply. Okay, so second of all, like on Facebook, I I wrote him back, and I don't ignore him. Like, I have never, I don't think, ever missed a message on Facebook. It might take me two weeks to catch up. Sometimes I think I've got 120 in there now, and I usually wait till like new. I'm going to New York City on Sunday. So on the plane, if it has Wi-Fi, I'll bust through all of those. Um, and, and that's kind of a double-edged sword because sometimes questions lead to more questions. Um, but, you know, like I, I, I do miss a lot of Twitter stuff just because there's so much Twitter noise. Uh, but first of all, there, his big beef is that I'm spamming him. And um, so I just want to let you know that if you're annoyed by my emails, there is a unsubscribe link at the bottom of every one. Okay. Also, I'd rather you not do this, but if you were to click spam, you will never receive an email from me again as well. So, I mean, we, we are registered with all the feedback loops. We automatically get notifications if you reported a spam and you will automatically be removed. So don't you don't have to um, reach out to everyone I uh, talk to to be unsubscribed from my newsletter. 
I'm going to send you smoke signals to unsubscribe me. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fascinating. People are like, why do you ignore this? You know, you're, I'm emailing you at no reply at shumai.com. Why are you ignoring me? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, we actually do check that every once in a while, but it's like 90,000 out of the office things. So, right. yeah. So it's just like that would be very hard, difficult to actually have. Um, there is an email to email us, though, supportissuemoney.com in there because legally you have to, in order to comply with spam, can't spam rules. Anyway, we were talking about what the hell were we talking about? Where we got milestones by this guy. Milestones, yeah. So um, I think that because a lot of times. There's major things like, okay, so I've got the Shoe Money Network at ShoeMoney.net. It was always meant to be, um, and I bought, like, after it was very successful the first three weeks, I was like, okay, think big. And, of course, I go from, you know, being in the closet to, you know, having an office downtown in my head. Um, or, I mean, at downtown New York City in my head. So I go out and I buy blogninja.com, which is going to be the future of this, and we're going to freaking, I'm going to go ape shit. And well, that was three months ago. And so like, there's all these little things that have to happen, but there's a lot of these little things are actually their own massive milestones. So like switching the URL structure over at some point in time, that's actually a very big deal because there's a lot of subtasks involved in that. And then switching, whereas before, honestly, like before for many years, because I pretty much did everything in my company, technically, um, on, on a lot of these things, I didn't really worry about those so much as like a milestone. And then on that mile, cause there's like a big project. And then within the project, there's all of these milestones of like, okay, like, like next week we're, we've only offered our users Bluehost. We're going to be offering multiple web hosting companies next week. Well, that has a shitload of subtasks because depending on what web hosting company you do, there's all these different, you know, new directions you go in the thing. So to have, yeah, we, we started – what kind of project organization stuff do you use? We started using Trello, and I, I really like it. Yeah, I was actually just going to ask you the same question. We uh, – uh, I, I think if we were doing some more kind of hardcore software, Trello from um, my experience is great for that. Uh, but we actually – over three years, we've tried everything, um, and we kind of have it boiled down to this simple – breakdown and and it literally you this is another thing that's in our guidebook it is slack so you're familiar with slack so it is slack when you want to communicate it is gmail when you need to communicate and it is asana when something has to be done um, so we've just broke it down those are the three tools that we use um, a lot of stuff lives in asana um, and it seems to do us well, um, and we're, we're leveraging the integrations and the zaps and the if this, then that's, and um, integrating in some uh, sales software. Um, I think we just switched from Salesforce to Pipedrive. Um, so uh, project management, specifically Asana, uh, inner office kind of bullshit communication, Slack, um, important stuff, email, and then um, sales uh, pipe drive. I really dig pipe drive. Interesting. I, I I've never heard of it, but that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> no, I wish. <clears throat> but anyway, let's go with that. Yeah, let's just yeah. So the um, the, I gotta say, like, 
I've been using task management software, or I should say trying to use one for as long as I've had my own company. And it went from like, um, I wrote my own ones. I, I mean, like we've used Basecamp. We've used, I mean, everything under the sun. There's nothing I haven't tried. Yep. And it it always was awesome at first. Like everyone's like, "Oh, yeah. this is great!" Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> I and remember when Basecamp was a big deal. Like yeah. people went nuts over Basecamp. Now I can't even like log in. I'm like, somebody says Basecamp. I'm like, oh god, no, no, can't even. Uh-huh. Can't and even. and I gotta say, like, you know, the most important thing is always, you know, like you've got to have a czar that runs it and yes. keeps the the clutter and the shit out. Because even now, like we we started using Trillo about two months ago and it's the longest we've ever like every morning we go through it. Yeah. And we, we, yeah. I mean like you should write a book by the way, like you and your wife, I think you'd be really good at it um, as well. And just about like the culture and the, you know, kind of like when Zappos, uh, when the founder like wrote his book. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, really good. I think you guys have a very unique, way of doing things and oh, thanks. also I think the way you guys get press and just low hanging fruit yeah. is really really impressive I mean you know I hear from people every day that just are like oh you're your money you're, everything's easy for you now and it's like yeah maybe now I have a sounding board that I could yeah. start something and get traction but that doesn't mean that but I also gotta make 2,000 bucks a day just to pay my people yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like I, a lot of times I envy people, but, but like with you guys, you, you're just another great example of someone who had the vision you put in the work. Like you talk about like, you know, getting a couple hours sleep a night, you know, like there's just, there's so many people that they just think that, you know, it, there was luck involved and it's, I fucking hate that when people were yeah. like, Oh, you're so lucky. Good luck with that. And like, you know, to steal a line from CM Punk, the, the wrestler, he always says luck is for losers. Right, Brosco? Yep. Yeah. Bro- <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Brosco's got like the greatest podcast for wrestling. Actually. I know. I know. Yeah. So um I, I always forget the URL though, Brosco. We got King a shout- of podcast. Oh. King of Podcasts. Oh, Jared knew it. King yeah, of Podcasts. I'm, I'm on it. King of Podcasts. Yeah, so, you know, that is true. It's fucking luck is for losers. Like, if you think you're just going to sit around and somebody's going to fall in your lap, like, bullshit. Yeah. You know, we, when you... We, yeah. we, talked, we, we talked a lot about this on um, our little our little podcast. Um, but what people don't see is... I mean, people can think they understand what hard work is, but I mean, until it's almost like until you're delirious and kind of breaking out the seams and, you know, you, you really have that moment of like, I need to rethink my health. Like that, that's when, you know, like, okay, I'm like, I'm working very hard and it's not, you can't always work at that capacity all the time, but there are certain times you need to do that. And what people don't see, you know, we were featured on BuluBox and BuluBox.com was featured on The Doctors, that daytime show. And what people don't see is that, like, we emailed them, like, 72 times. Like, we called them a dozen times. Like, and for every, you know, for every TV show like The Doctors that we get on, there's a dozen more that we're constantly reaching out to. And, and, you know, we are, we use the, the, the phrase and the hashtag, uh, bang the drum. So we always say hashtag bang the drum, but it's like constantly celebrating like what we're doing and the victories that we're doing. And, and I think some people confuse that 
kind of celebration as arrogance or, you know, just because we did something and we're, we're proud of it doesn't mean that we're arrogant about it. And, you know, we're constantly doing that and we're constantly, you know, actively reaching out to public relations people. Um, or if we just like read a, a article and somebody wrote something like, we'll just tweet at them and we'll say, Hey, you know, we liked when you said this in this article and, you know, that's great. So it's just a constant thing that you're working at. And I promise you for every like one time you see us in the local paper, there was a dozen times that we pitched them and they said no. And that goes for, you know, when we're on the Huffington Post all the way to like a local paper. That's true. You know, and I know we only have a couple minutes left. I think we have like two minutes left. Um, It's one of the things that you said was really interesting about not giving up. I like I have people email me all the time and I miss I'm if you don't hear back from me within 10 minutes, odds are you won't. Um, and I just lost it in the shuffle. And, um, so I had this, uh, Nebraska film, whatever I'd have to look it up. But anyway, these kids from the university of Nebraska, they have a nonprofit, they make films, they're making this really cool one right now and they need like five grand in funding. And so they, they had emailed me like five times and I never read it. Um, and then I just read it and it was like re, 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 re. And then the thing, and sorry if you can hear that. Somebody's moving furniture upstairs. Um, but basically, like, it was asking for, you know, this is how much they need to make this movie. And you'd get the title of executive producer. Huh. And so I emailed them back and I said, do I get an IMDb page? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, because I'd be like an executive producer of a movie <laughs> That's on awesome. IMDb. And they were like, yes. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta figure out the details with them, but I was, I've always, you know, IMDb is a big freaking thing, you know, like yeah. the SEO weight and everything. Anyway, so, um, all right, words of wisdom for those out there who have an idea, want to raise money, all this stuff. Push forward and be fearless. Um, know that you're gonna fail. Be okay with that, and just keep moving forward. Be fearless. It's risk and grit that's gonna get you there. There you go, risk and grit, and and Paul. When you're the best marker in the world, the greatest, do you know what they call you? Shoe money. They do. Boom. That's what they call you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday. Actually, I'll be in New York City, so I'm not sure if I'll be back next Tuesday. We'll have to figure that out. But um, those going to Philly Summit East, I'll see you there, and we'll talk to everyone else next week. Thanks, Paul, for coming on. Thank Bye, you everybody. so much, man. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.